below. And thanks so much for tuning into Making Sense of Money, a podcast dedicated to making complicated financial topics easier to understand. I'm Andrew Pellegrini, one of your hosts. And I'm Nikki Jancola Shanks, your other host. Today, we're going to talk about compound interest, what it is, what it does, and why it's important. So interest is a fee that you are charged for borrowing money. And it's typically a percentage of what you owe when it's referencing a loan or a credit card, for example. There are two main types of interest. There's simple and compound interest. Simple interest is calculated as a percentage of just the principal balance that either you owe or that you have saved or contributed to some type of investment portfolio. But it does not include any additional accrued interest. Compound interest, on the other hand, is calculated on both the initial principal balance, either that you borrowed or that you deposited, and any accumulated interest on that balance. So it essentially allows for interest to be charged on interest. So there's a lot of complicated financial jargon there that you need to understand in order to really understand interest. So let's break it out a little bit further. Initial principal or initial principal balance refers to the amount either borrowed, like I said, if it's a loan or a credit card or the amount deposited. So if you're earning interest on savings, for example. Let me just cut in right there, Andrea. So let's say you go and you open up a credit card and you have a $5,000 limit, then that's how much you could put on that credit card. You're not being charged that right away, right? It's just a clarification. Yes. On your credit card. <laughs> it's your available, what your your opportunity to borrow is, is that $5,000 limit. And but then the- your interest will be on whatever purchases you make on that credit card. It's not the same thing as a credit card limit. I just wanted to make, make that clear right. between the two. On your... Uh, credit card statement, it will say like balance owed versus your credit limit. So good clarification there since we're talking about debt. Accumulated interest is the amount of interest charged to date. So this is also why compound interest is referred to that interest on interest. In contrast, simple interest, like I talked about earlier, is just calculated using the principal balance, that initial amount borrowed or that initial amount deposited. I often like to say that compound interest can either be your best friend or your worst enemy because of how it applies to both debt and savings or investing. I really like that saying, Andrea. I think that that describes it perfectly. And I know as we go on, we're going to talk through some examples to show how that can definitely be your best friend or you could hate it. Interest is compounded on a set schedule in either your loan or credit card agreement. And this could be yearly, monthly, daily. If your interest is compounded daily, often that interest isn't added to your existing balance every day. Instead, it may post once a month. So it may be being compounded every day, but it's showing up on your credit card, on your credit card statement. Same for any savings accounts that you have. Same thing from from there. It could be that they're compounding things daily or weekly, but it may only post to your account once a month. 
let's just talk about some typical, again, we use typical because there's always going to be an outlier somewhere, but some examples of typical compounding for different types of accounts. So as I was saying, savings accounts and money market accounts, those are usually daily at your bank. They're usually compounded daily, but again, you may not see that daily. A CD, a certificate of deposit, that is usually either daily or monthly. A loan, so we're talking any type of loan from your mortgage to your student loan to any your car loan, usually loans, it's compounded monthly. The important key word or phrase that also is compounding, it's sometimes also called interest capitalization. If you have student loans, you will probably be very familiar with that because they talk about that a lot with student loans, but that's connected with compound interest. And then on your credit card, it's often compounded daily as well. Let's talk through an example showing how much compound interest can grow your savings. So for example, let's say you put $1,000 in an investment account that earns an average of 5% in annual interest compounded every month. So after the first year, you would have a total of $1,051.16. So you're earning about $51. And I'll probably round to the nearest whole dollar for most of this. But in general, you're going to have some sense when there's some compounding interest. For the second year, for this example, your 5% is now applied to that $1,051 and some cents, earning a total of $53.78 in interest for your second year. So now your balance is about $1,100, which is great, right? This might not seem like a ton of money, but if you think about over time, this compounding grows your money pretty significantly. So this is related to the time value money and is the primary reason that it's a good idea to start saving and investing when you're younger because you can take advantage of that time value of money. There is also a formula that you can use to calculate the time value of money, which we will put more information on in the show notes. So let's say you don't add anything else in that account besides that initial $1,000 balance with the same annual interest rate compounded monthly. In 30 years, you'll have $4,467 and some change. So you will have earned over $3,400 just in interest over that 30-year period. So when it comes to investing and savings, we can't emphasize enough that the earlier you start, the bigger impact the compound interest will have on your available balance when it comes to taking money out later in life. So this is extremely helpful for long-term goals like retirement. Yes. And I just want to point out, I know Andrea kind of mentioned it, but that in the example she gave, that was $1,000 initially, and she never touched it again. Right. But even if you're putting $10 a month, $20 a month in there, that means it's going to grow that much more. Right. Just for that example, we just used $1,000 straight. So that's something to keep in mind as well. So when you're talking about your own money, the growth that compound interest gives you is great, but alone, the same growth happens 
which causes the amount you owe to increase over time. So if you only pay the minimum balance that's due, you will pay significantly more in interest over the course of the loan. Why? Because when you repay a loan, no matter what type of loan, the interest is always paid first. So as the interest gets bigger, you have to pay more of that as opposed to the principal. So while researching, I actually found that Investopedia had a really good example showing how this works. So I'm going to use that for guidance here. Let's say both Andrea and I have a principal balance or an initial loan of $2,000 on our credit cards. They each have an APR or annual percentage rate of 20%. The monthly minimum payment is 3% of the balance or $10, whichever is higher. So let's say I choose to only pay the monthly minimum payment, all right? That's it. If I do that, it's gonna take me 15 years to pay off that $2,000 on my credit card, but I will have paid $4,241 total. So that's $2,241 in interest alone. So now let's take Andrea because she's more responsible than me. Let's say she pays the minimum and an extra $10 each month. That extra little bit of money each month means that she's going to pay her credit card off in seven years, so half the time it took me, and only pay $1,200 in interest, so $1,000 less than me. So this example kind of shows how your compound interest causes your loan to grow. And, you know, from credit cards to mortgage to student loans, it's important to understand how that happens. I know that Andrea and I in our line of work, when it comes to talking to student loan borrowers, we often hear, you know, I've been paying on this loan for however many years and it never seems to go down. And this is why it's compound interest. It's this interest capitalization. It's important to know on your loans what your APR is on each and figure out if it's possible for you to be able to pay a little bit more than the minimum due each month. Because in the end, that will cost you less money. First, I want to say that Nikki, <laughs> Nikki said that I'm more responsible than her. This is fictional, Andrea. And that is not true in real life. I just I, I don't know about that at all because you should see her <laughs> spreadsheets, guys. You should see her spreadsheets. I don't want people to think that like I do that for everything because I don't. My spreadsheets are more planning oriented so that I, I can disseminate tasks to people a little bit easier. In my financial life, a lot of things are automated. So <laughs> I just automate a lot of stuff. I'm in a position that I can do that now. I don't have to penny pinch as much anymore. But let's talk about annual percentage rates or APR. So that is a little bit broader term than annual interest rate, but we often like to use APR and annual interest rate interchangeably. APR includes other fees that may be associated with the type of debt that you're taking on. And we'll put a link to an article about more nuanced information related to APR and the differences between APR and annual interest rate in the show notes so you can learn a little bit more about it. We won't spend a lot of time on it. But just in case you run across that in the future, APR is technically a little bit broader term. 
but it's often used interchangeably with annual interest rate. So calculating compound interest on your own is a little bit trickier and requires a little bit more math than using simple interest or calculating simple interest. There's a lot of calculators already out there that can help you if you're curious about the compound interest costs of an auto loan that you're looking at, or you're looking at how much it's going to cost you for paying down your student loan debt or your credit card debt. So there's a lot of calculators out there. They also exist for calculating how much potential wealth you can build through savings and investment accounts that have an average interest rate of a certain amount each year. So we'll put, again, a link to a calculator from the Securities and Exchange Commission on Investor.gov in the show notes that you can use to kind of play around with what compound interest can do for you or hurt you, depending on if it's debt or an asset like savings. So for some of the math aficionados out there, we also have an article on the time value of money that I mentioned earlier that all of these calculators are built on. Thank you so much for joining us today. And just a few final thoughts. Remember that any small amount in savings with compound interest will grow. And so will your loan. So plan accordingly. We hope that every listener uses compound interest to your advantage. And as always, please remember to like, share, and subscribe to Making Sense of Money wherever you listen to podcasts.